0: Welcome to the Nordic Food Tech Podcast. On this show, we share the stories of how different actors up and down the value chain and all across the Nordics are working to transform the food system. It's all about inspiring collaboration, discussing challenges, and realizing a common vision for how we can build a sustainable future together. I'm your host, Annalisa Winther, and let's jump in. Almi Invest is Sweden's most active startup investor. With 3 billion Swedish kronor under management, they make about 50 new investments each year and since their inception have invested in 660 companies, some of which have been acquired by the likes of Google, Microsoft, and Apple or IPO'd at a billion kronor level on the stock market. But what we're going to discuss today is Almi Invest's most recent fund, the GreenTech fund which was set up about two years ago and has 650 million Swedish kronor under management, which is about 60 million euro. The fund is partially funded by the Swedish Energy Agency, along with the European Union, and it's focused solely on making investments into companies that reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Our guest today is Karen Ebbinghaus, who is an investment manager with the Green Tech Fund. In this episode, we'll dive into Almi's investment thesis what a green tech business model looks like, how food plays into the sector, and the metrics they are looking for in a pitch deck that define this area. Welcome, Karen. I'm excited about this conversation with you. And you're a little bit of a different interviewee than we've had before because you're working for a green tech fund, which has a much broader perspective than just food. So I'd love to get started by having you introduced what is Almi Invest, what is the investment thesis you guys have, and what is your role in the organization?
1: Uh, well, great to be here. Uh, I'm glad to be uh, participating in, in this uh, podcast to describe further what we do. If I go back to describe what Almi Invest is, I think the most uh, best word to describe us is that we're Sweden's most active startup investor. So we're a venture capital company investing all over Sweden, basically through eight regional venture capital companies, as well as one national green tech venture capital company. And we manage about 3 billion Swedish crowners. And over the years, we're actually celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year. We have invested in more than 660 startups. But that's that's a lot. And I think we have... um, almost 300 um portfolio companies uh, and we are approximately 50 investment managers working all over sweden and our role as a sector independent public venture capital company is to serve as a bridge to private equity and contribute to a functioning venture capital market throughout sweden and we have over the years invested, co-invested with about a thousand business angel angels and other institutional investors. And uh, a few years ago, uh, I think we are about two years now, the Green Tech Fund was started because it was quite apparent that there's a, a need for um, venture capital in the energy and environmental sector, um, which is dominant because there's not that many investors active in that space. I see. So when you say green tech, what are
0: the main areas then that you're looking at investing into and how many cases have you guys actually processed so far?
1: Well, uh, for us, the definition of of, of green tech is actually, uh, we're focusing on products and services that has a CO2 reducing effect. So it's the greenhouse gas emissions that we want to reduce so it could be investments in areas from, you know, renewable energy, recycling systems, energy production, storage, waste management, and also food tech and, and the food industry. Because, uh, as you know, the, the world's food consumption is about 22% uh, of the global the greenhouse gas emissions. So food is really contributing to the greenhouse gas uh, issue and the climate. Uh, so we need to, to address that as well, not only, you know, what you perhaps think of when you think of CO2 reducing its energy or uh, more heavy industries.
0: Are you guys looking at anything in particular in relation to food or are you seeing a trend in the kind of cases coming across your desk that you can elaborate on? Well,
1: yes. Now it's it's really uh, the space of uh, food of reducing food waste, different uh, digital platforms related to that is it, It's is really something we see a lot of in our deal deal flow. Uh, it's a bit less, but there are uh, some interesting cases of actual, you know, uh, reducing uh, or introducing new kind of plant-based uh, functional foods uh some reducing in the dairy industry and and some you know replacing uh, meat um with uh, with new products mm-hmm. so it's both uh we can see cases of producing new kinds of foods but also getting uh the production level uh targeting the production level uh, and you know meeting demand uh with production so uh getting the food waste really where it starts.
0: Yeah. And you guys are primarily an early stage investor, which is a little bit of a different story in terms of what you look for in a business case. So what are the metrics you're evaluating companies on before you invest? And then what's the number kind of that apply versus that get approved if there's any kind of percentage or success rating around that?
1: Well, we do look at early stages, but uh, the Green Tech Fund is a bit more of a scale-up uh, investors. So okay. we prefer where, I mean, normally the companies don't have, uh, have that much of revenue uh, unless unlike some investors, we are not targeting uh, revenue that hard. Uh, but we want to see a good plan, of course, for, for reaching revenue, but it could still be at the pilot project phase or research phase. Uh, what we are looking at and, and we're using the... Um, uh, tool that is used by the Swedish Energy Agency, the Climate Solver tool, to to measure. Because for us, it's it's really important to have a, a good climate impact as well, reducing CO2. But uh, as all all investors, we are looking at you know potential market. Uh, the team, is there any uh, kind of barriers to copy uh, the the? Um, that it might not only be patents, but it's the business model so new and uh, creative that that it's difficult to, to copy it and it might also be of interest and and normally you could say that um yeah, we are we are investing in approximately seven percent of all the companies that that come across our deal flow so uh if we invest in uh, Seven or eight per year, uh, I think we have a hundred companies in our deal flow on a yearly basis, and so far we have made uh, 12, uh, 12 investments and unfortunately not not anyone in, in, in pure food tech uh, but we' are looking we have some really interesting uh, companies in the deal flow the The closest we have come so far is the is Agritech right. it's a company called Vultus from Lund. I've heard of them. What
0: is pure food tech? I always like hearing people's different definitions because we have a wide <laughs> uh, vernacular around what is what. So what does pure food tech mean to you?
1: For me, I, I guess it's it's related to food that you could um, consume mm-hmm. um, as, but compared to agri-tech where it's more perhaps food that you produce. Uh, but then again, it, it's aligned. So I guess the wider concept would be
0: food and agri-tech. Yes, everything is interconnected, which is also why it's hard to separate things out. Um, There's a quote from John Muir that I'm definitely going to butcher, but it's something like, if you try to single out one thing, you find it hitched to the universe. And that's very true in this space, (laughs) that everything's very interconnected. Uh, But I'm just curious, the connection between All Me Invest and the Green Tech Fund, if you guys are at more of a scale-up stage, can... A company apply for funding twice. Can they go through Almi Invest earlier and then come to you guys? And is there also
1: absolutely okay? Yeah, that's right. Uh, that, that, that's uh, totally possible. I mean, such uh, since we are are uh, a new feature within the Almi Invest uh, family. Uh, for example, in the Vultus case, we have uh, co invested with Almi Invest Süd, which is the regional fund here in, in the south of Sweden. Uh, and the purpose of that is that uh, Albany Invested has, has followed the company for several years and supported it and think it's a, a great case. And so does we. And we want to be part of the journey together. So in some cases, we can co-invest and in some cases, we can do follow-up investments. So it's uh, it's really depending on the each uh, particular situation and investment case. Uh, and the need for, 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 because we can we can make follow-up investments a bit further and invest uh, larger amounts than uh, the regional funds. And
0: how does it work? Does someone apply directly to the Green Tech Fund or does it go to a central place and they filter it to make it go to the desk of the right investment manager?
1: Well, sometimes they apply directly to us. And uh, if we think it's a bit too early for us, we might uh, reach out to the regional fund and discuss who is best. Uh, that is actually the case in um, Tribito. It's an insect uh, producing company uh, that our uh, original fund has made uh, in investment. They just uh, closed the uh, investment round of uh, 2.7 million kroners. That was a bit too early for us, uh, but the perfect uh, fit for our original fund. Uh, but we are uh, in close dialogue um, all the time, both with the company and with our with our colleagues, uh, to be able to provide the best support and uh, you know financing to the company. that That is the utmost importance to us.
0: It sounds like you guys have a very good method of cooperation, not only within the company, but also with other investors in these regional areas. I know Sweden's famous for cooperation, but it definitely sounds like <laughs> yeah. you're talking but to each really-
1: other it's really important. I mean, in all aspects, in all areas, it's important with the cooperation and partnership, but, but uh, here it's really, you know, not only providing capital to, to the companies, but also, you know, providing support and, and being um, a part of the journey. And you can't really do that if you're not cooperating and talking to each other. So I think, and it might also be so that it's, Sweden is not that large, so the ecosystem is not that large it's It's quite possible to reach out and uh, no one is more than two or three connections away to get an introduction and I think the the overall atmosphere of of uh, investing is really cooperative which I've only been in this field for a year and a half and and i'm a very I'm very positive uh, surprised by that.
0: Yeah, the flat hierarchy in general is an amazing thing for getting stuff done. Do you guys work with other Nordic nations and can a company from another Nordic nation apply or do they need to be Swedish with a Swedish business number?
1: Yes. Uh, Unfortunately, we can only invest in in Swedish limited liability companies. Uh, So that's a restriction from from our part. But then we are happy to invest with other foreign investors. and, And that's really also something that we encourage and um, want to uh, emphasize and, and uh, enhance it's because also we see that uh, Sweden is quite a, a small market and, and normally the companies, they need to, to broaden their market uh, and the territory. So one way to do that is to have investors from that particular market that you wish to target. So uh, quite often uh, we are Uh, co-investing with foreign investors and and from Nordic countries that uh, even if it's a global world now, the old ways of uh, expanding is quite often Sweden, the Nordic countries, Germany, the rest of Europe. Exactly. (laughs) And that old old truth has some kind of uh, still uh, accuracy in it.
0: Do you ever have a situation where a company wants to expand into Sweden from another Nordic nation and then they might set up a limited liability company there, and then they'll apply for investment from you and bring other Nordic investors as well. Is that a method that can happen? That
1: could happen, but uh, we are, I mean, mostly we want to invest in uh, in uh, the top company in a, in a holding situation uh, where all the IP and the rights and, you know, intervention, the value is. So it's, it's not possible for us to invest in a, a local Swedish subsidiary that is a sort of branch of, of a Nordic, a Nordic group um, so in that case they have to move the headquarters to Sweden uh, our I mean um, the framework for the Green Tech Fund is to reduce CO2 but since we are also publicly funded we, we also want to you know enhance uh, Swedish companies and you know provide Swedish job opportunities and to that extent it's also important that we always co-invest with the Uh, private uh, actors and the private capital. Otherwise, it could be considered as a state aid
0: and that's not allowed. That's a really good distinction to make because you can always try to be creative, but that's really good that you say that. So what does a green tech business model mean or look like?
1: Well, for me, I don't really see that there's a specific green tech business model, uh, except that perhaps the core of the company or the DNA of the company is to have a product or a service that contributes to a, a better climate. And also, of course, you have to have some kind of KPI measuring that because if, it doesn't, if it's not measured, it won't happen. Um, but to that extent, I, um, I'm not certain that that applies to be labeled as a green tech business model. Yeah. specifically
0: it's a fun idea to think of though this whole all this terminology is so new that even what does that qualify as that's what i wanted to play with a little bit just to see what you were
1: yeah. thinking was sometimes yeah sometimes i mean you have uh, we consider ourselves as an impact investor because what we we're looking for impact with our investments but uh, we are you know uh, still want to, to make profits we're not a non-profit impact investors so we from our perspective it's not either or it's both
0: Mm. so in that case how do you measure impact and what metrics do you tend to look at
1: um from our perspective it's it's quite easy because we are looking at uh, greenhouse gas emissions so we are always um reviewing our companies of how big impact. And, and currently we are doing a, uh, a research and, and I have to get back to you on that later because we're doing this work analyzing all our portfolio companies uh, what their projections per 2030 is to, to reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions. And I would say that if our companies, if they proceed as, as planned or as hoped, uh, that would uh, probably contribute to more than half of Sweden's uh, greenhouse gas emissions as per now. Uh, that big effect can these companies and their technology have uh, on the climate?
0: I immediately want to ask: How are you? Are you using software to figure this out, or how are you doing those calculations? Because it's kind of a cool thought to think that up-and-coming companies now, or companies going to seek out funding, should be putting that somehow into their deck. And being able to measure from the beginning as part of their business model, how they're able to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. So I'm just curious what tools... I know tools... There, are, there
1: are some some platforms, but as I said, there is a tool that's called uh, the Climate Solver Tool. That says, um, You can find it online, uh, and it's uh, WWF uh, and uh, the Swedish energy agency that stands behind it. And I, I know that they are working on some frameworks also for having a, a, like a common or unified a way of measuring this so we can speak the same language when we, when we look at investments. Um, uh, and I know that they had a big conference in, in Vancouver earlier this year, Mission Innovation, that they are working on this. And hopefully they will come out something from that. It's a bit like lifecycle analysis. Tools that you could you could use. Um, for for us, it, it would be extremely helpful for if the companies had something and it was easy, sort of linked to to their sales and their revenue, also immediately calculating uh, the effect on the environment as uh, as such.
0: To that point, do you have any other tips or requests regarding how companies can put their pitch deck together that would better suit? The enablement of a green tech fund or green tech analysis
1: yes always linking you know for us uh, increased revenue will most likely also uh, imply increased uh, climate effect uh, climate impact uh, and also having you know in in uh, the balance sheet also having some kind of chart or you know line stating uh, the impact that would be very helpful because Normally you see a, a standardized or a industry pitch deck, which is, is perfect, but they don't contain the element of uh, CO2 reducing, which is relevant for us. I mean, it could be other impacts uh, that that is relevant. So it's it's quite important for the startups to to target the audience. And if there are impact investors, find out what kind of impact they are looking for and, and how to, to the, report that metric. I know that the... Uh, a Swedish impact investor, Nordshien, uh, they have, I mean, they do impact on all different sites. So um, for them, impact metrics could be different, but for, for us, it, it's quite easy.
0: Hmm. Have you guys released a sample pitch deck or the pitch deck of a real company that applied that kind of demonstrates how to do this or what you're looking for that can be used as an open source kind of resource or a public resource?
1: Uh No, we haven't actually, but that was a very good idea. We just uh, hired an analysis to to analyze. What is it called? Analytica? 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 Yeah.
0: yeah, and uh, what is it? Yeah, yeah. an analyzer. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, analyzer. Sorry. I'm deep in thought we here. Just, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, sorry. We just hired um uh, a person doing a- analysis for us. Uh, and that could be a resource to to provide uh, the ecosystem with such a, a pitch deck that we uh, that would be easier for us to evaluate such company. Uh, so thank you for that um, input. We we will look into that.
0: Of course. So zooming out a little bit, I want to talk about the fact that Sweden has this very ambitious strategy to be. Have no net greenhouse gas emissions by the year 2050, I believe, unless that's changed or been updated. And I'm wondering how connected the work you guys do as a public fund is to this larger political and national strategy.
1: I mean, part of it, of course, is uh, that we have been allocated uh, resources to to do this kind of investment. Because as I see it, you have like uh, climate leadership, you have policy making, and you have technology development. And, and I guess that we are part of not only giving like state aid; we are supporting the the private cap- capital to invest in this area, uh, which which is needed to do the technology development um, to provide. Because not only restrictions needs to be, or new policies or new guidelines we need to have new technology um, to enable uh, such an ambition goal, ambitious goal.
0: Yeah, definitely. And do you guys do anything when it comes to working with policymakers or advocating for these new environmental startups, green startups that are also needing perhaps different legislation and serving as a link between those angles, between the private and the public and the research and the entrepreneurship?
1: I mean, from that perspective, we're quite sort of detached from from the policymakers, although we are, I mean, uh, the Swedish uh, Energy Agency is one of our LPs. So, of course, we are um, participating and working together with them to enable uh, support to the startups in this ecosystem. But we are not actively involved in any policymaking, uh, besides us perhaps being experts, because we are looking at so many Different technologies, and you know, having insights of of investing in this field, uh, but more as as perhaps an expert rather than uh, being part of of the policymaking.
0: Yeah, I was at the climate summit in New York City in September, and I heard the Minister of Environment and Climate Isabella Lövin speak. I may be saying her name wrong. It was very yeah, a yeah. great. I never know. It's hard, <laughs> but I know it's it, difficult. <laughs> yeah. one of the um, interesting things is she said the strategy of the nation instead of the policymakers dictating what an industry needed to do. They instead asked for proposals from each industrial sector to say, how would they like to organize to meet these goals and what? would they like to implement and change? And there was a bunch of industries that had reported in, but apparently agriculture had not done so yet. But it's then interesting to see because you know the same kind of idea applies within entrepreneurship where so many new things are being done that also require policy changes and different support. So I'll be interested to see how that link then factors in whether you guys become a big voice or someone else does for representing this interest group.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course we can do our best to put the limelight on interesting uh, new startups and doing our best to promote them and, you know, making them grow. And I think if you have some success cases, that will really, uh, you know, put the limelight and, and uh, be role models for, for others. So I think that is the best way we can contribute is to really help the ecosystem to to build successful companies. Um to show, that it is pos- to show that it is possible, to show that it is possible to to have successful companies with impact as well, and not only you know gaming companies or other, which is is, is needed probably somewhere in the world, but perhaps um, not contributing.
0: Yeah, I mean, even the the name of this event was aligning corporations with the Sustainable Development Goals, and even doing what you guys are requiring of companies investing, which is to state what are your greenhouse gas emissions slash how are you reducing them or what are you reducing in the world is pretty radical and transparent to just be organizing the company around that kind of premise and stating that information. So that kind of tackles that in a different way that's very concrete and does create a benchmark for different yes. industries.
1: Yeah, and we hope that we can also inspire other investors to, to join us in, in this quest uh, you know, to find interesting companies in in, uh, in this area, and I think that to some extent, uh, clean tech or green tech has has becoming fashionable again, uh, with the benefits and, and the risks that it is associated with. I mean, some companies will succeed, but of course, being in a startup community, I guess six or eight out of ten will not make it. So it's still it's a it's a high risk business, but hopefully, what we do can. Uh, have high rewards, not only on, you know, financially, but also environmentally.
0: Yeah. You guys definitely do get a lot of cases across your desk. And I'm wondering how you work as a connector or as somebody that breaks down silos within this realm of sustainability and green tech, whether that's internally, externally, but how do you think of yourselves in that role?
1: Well, we try to, you know, build the the bridge of, being, you know, certain kind of investors that are familiar with this uh, kind of investment, and then you know, introducing new investors that perhaps have more experience or uh, background within perhaps software uh, to make them curious and and interested in in investing in also hardware. But because that, what we can see is that a lot of investors are only in the software uh, segment.
0: I think that's a big issue in the Nordics that we don't have more money towards capital expenditure that can be used for physical and hardware and very, yeah, cost a lot of money up front to build the company.
1: It does. It does. And you can't scale it so quickly. And it's, it's, it's another perhaps dynamic or or rationality behind it. But then again, Sweden has a history of being a, a, I mean, a good and strong industry nation. So if we can combine our skills as being, you know, very fast and, uh, you know, skilled software builders with our traditional role as a, as an industry building uh, community or a comp- a country, if we can combine those two, I think that could really have a huge impact uh, going forward. Uh, and, and since we are connected both to the more traditional investors and the software investors, uh, our role is sort of to be a, a bridge between those and, and pinpoint and highlight cases that could um, have both Mm. because I think you cannot only digitalize away the climate uh, impact or climate change you need you need hardware as well and and, um, I think we're this nation has a good stand to, to do so yeah
0: will you connect your portfolio companies if they maybe don't operate in the same industry but could help each other or kind of approach the same problem from different angles to support cooperation in that effect
1: of course, I mean, since uh, as of now, we only have 12 portfolio companies and and we discuss them um, regularly in the team and try to highlight things that we think they could either uh, get help with. And, and I know that um, one of my portfolio company has helped another one with intro uh, to an interesting uh, customer uh, group. So, of course, they, they also quite often meet and different uh, pitching events or, you know, uh, startup events. So they know each other fairly well. But without, you know, exposing them to some kind of, you know, business risk or uh, breaching uh, against confidentiality, we try to support them. And, you know, because we are uh, providing them with a helicopter perspective. And since they are perhaps so deep in the daily operations, they might not see it. So we're trying to see, oh, this company they did that, and Patrick should try this, and that company did that. So hopefully, we can we can uh, assist them with with this more holistic perspective.
0: Great. So the question I want to ask you now is one that we ask everybody to kind of get a common understanding of the vision and where we're moving together as a region and as a sector. So you can answer it to the best of your abilities, not being specifically in the space. But what is your vision for the Nordic food tech ecosystem in ten to fifteen years?
1: Well, I think it has a, a great future ahead. Um, to some extent, I see one barrier is that it's it's quite fragmented. There are a lot of different initiatives in each region, and, and to some extent, food is quite. Regionally attached, and you have clusters. Um, so, in order to, you know, have a, a a real effect, these clusters need to work more together and have perhaps better knowledge sharing. Uh, and if that happens, I think that the, the Nordic uh, flutex tech scene could be really vibrant and contributing a lot to to the global increasing demand of, of food and, uh, you know, requirements of having less effect on the, on the climate.
0: Great. And now I want to say that if we were to fast forward to a time where we were successful, we now have a greener world, we staved off climate change, our ecosystems are lush, our great-grandchildren are prospering, and we've managed to just succeed in all of these endeavors. What was the role that you played in making the transition happen,
1: well, hopefully, uh, our role was to contribute contribute enough capital, so enabling the technology that then is that is then flourishing or being the standard that was not uh, available now. I think that would be our contribution of making a technology transition. Great.
0: And my last question—we're getting to the end here—is—is is there anything I am yeah. not asking you that I should be asking?
1: I guess that perhaps what we can do on on both, like on a, a structural and on an individual uh, perspective, to, to contribute. And um, personally, I'm I'm such a meat lover. But I'm trying to, uh, you know, turn into more plant-based um, uh, food, both for me and my family. And I think that no one can do a, a, a lot on their own, but together we can, as, a, as consumer power, show a lot to make our preferences count. But then again, it, it needs to be the policymakers and, and the government that has the big strategy of, of Uh, how we are going to solve this crisis.
0: Yeah. So structurally, you're saying that we need policy to support us in making better decisions. And then as people, we need to act on making sure that we choose differently or just diversely so we're not dependent on one mono choice that we use too heavily.
1: Yes, and and challenge ourselves. You know, looking at old habits and and what can we do on a daily, day-to-day basis without, you know, Uh, Perhaps putting shame on people, but, you know, uh, emphasizing uh, positive things that we can do.
0: So last thing is, what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you guys?
1: I would say either call us or drop us an email or, you know, uh, we are quite active and different events. So uh, bump into us, uh, you know, at different startup events or uh, look, look in the participation list and see if we're there. Otherwise, if you don't have that opportunity, as I said, call us or email us. We are our information are are now on the website and um, we are always open and happy to discuss new deal flow and new, new ideas.
0: Perfect, Karen. Thank you for your time today. All right, guys, that's all for today. You can find the show notes and more episodes at nordicfoodtech.io. And if you like what you hear, please be generous and take the time to rate the show or share it on social media. This is all about creating better food solutions, and we can't do that without your help. I'm Annalisa Winther, and let's spread the word about the Nordic Food Tech ecosystem together. See you next time.